0: There will be times where one of the three of you or four of you, or however many are involved here, are going to think, is this awkward? But one of you needs to be the one that is just like, nah, this is our normal. This is awkward for others, maybe, but not for us. There are a thousand scenarios we've been in that anyone else would have thought, really? These three are having this conversation together? That's got to be so awkward. And it's just not.
2: Okay, friends, today we are at the third retreat that I've hosted.
1: Numero
0: tres.
2: Num- Good job, Matt. Speaking. For our
0: Spanish-speaking listeners. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all you get in Spanish. I'm sorry.
0: Voy a traducir todo. Oh, my
2: gosh. <laughs> this literally how it goes, guys. <laughs> um, and what we're going to do today is we are going to start off with just sharing three things that I deemed are the keys to our relationships. I didn't even ask the guys what they thought here. I just... Because
1: she's selfish.
2: (laughs) And then we're going to open up to the women here at the retreat to uh, ask us questions because I think... That's what we do. We want to know what you guys have questions about. So um, that's what we're doing today.
0: We know what we want to (laughs) say. but We want to know what you want us to say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we need to... And
0: Jess knows what she wants us to talk about.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Do you guys have any ideas? I mean, don't look at the paper of things that I might have put down as the three keys to our relationship. Like three things that make our relationship Jalen, work. Jalen,
1: don't look at the paper.
2: <laughs> <Jalen>. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Communication.
2: Yes, that is one of them. Honest communication. And I would say that has been
0: Mutual respect.
2: Mutual respect. I, I think, yeah. I didn't put that, but <laughs> but that is your favorite. It is. That's Matt's, and I think it's very important. Honest communication. How do we have honest communication, guys? We talk. We talk about hard things.
1: I feel like we're in a primary class right now. <laughs> like, she's trying to lead us to the right que- right on, answer. Come on, guys. Like,
2: but. <laughs>
1: okay. I won't look at the paper, but no, keep going. Keep asking me the questions <laughs> to lead me to what you want to hear.
2: But sometimes honest communication can be hard because you have to process through what it is you really want so you can be clear about that communication. Sure. We've all had those moments.
0: And it's easy to shy away from potentially confrontational conversations.
2: Yeah. And we've all done it at times and then had to circle back. So it's not like we've done this perfectly uh, honest or, <laughs> yeah, honest communication. But it is a key. That's helped us along the way My first one was grace That we have to show each other a lot uh,
1: of grace
2: oh, Which I would go with mutual respect I think those yeah. go pretty hand in hand Yep Yeah, You guys have nothing to say to I just me. realized I, I grace. forgot
1: to wear my short shorts <laughs> Matt has some I do <laughs> <laughs> I feel out of place now <laughs>
2: A let's joke just joke about the let's short just, shorts. No, oh, let's Matt just turn these even into something. not the joke behind the short shorts. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? We, already, we already had this conversation. <laughs> I got to make this mistake
3: twice. So we're deciding on what we can look for in future partners. Okay. It's a sign that they
2: are not
1: gay. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> so longer shorts is a sign. A long- the, the ladies have decided that I, you're not gay.
1: Okay. I wore my long shorts today. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> He's wearing pants, yeah. to be clear. <laughs> <But> <laughs> But it was kind of funny because Steve and Jalen walked in by the pool, and so we could see them in the back. And they both have on their cute short shorts that we love. And the ladies Still are like, "See, you get it is summer. <laughs> it's like eighty degrees out, and they're like, like, see, you can't wear the short shorts.'
1: No, but Guy that's a think. conversation like we should have. Like, go for when it. when you and Steve were first like dating. There were no short like, shorts. Steve, Steve didn't dress this room. way, and so it's like, <laughs> like he, sure, he looks I this way to. today. But when, like, when you guys were married and when you guys were dating, like this, like you looked like me. It's
2: true, and there was—I
1: mean, I had a little bit more style than I.
2: I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> I've seen pictures.
2: <laughs> I've seen pictures. <laughs> but Go you ahead, weren't Steve. comfortable embracing this no, side of
0: you. No, I tried very hard to not let any part of me look gay. <laughs> it was an intentional thing. And and so, part of it, part of it was also though that I just absolutely was not comfortable embracing anything that yeah. I was not a very authentic version of myself, and therefore my self expression was not what it is. Today. Steve, before you came out, were there any like be-
1: behind closed doors you like tried on something Some short
0: or something? I desperately wanted to wear skinny jeans when they were like super new and not yet mainstream, but. uh I don't know. But you never you never dabbled before you came out. He
2: tried them on. I remember trying to get him to wear skinny jeans because I was like, dang boy, but he wouldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And I knew you wanted dabbling, to wear them. I don't know about dabbling, but
0: there was definitely, there were definitely like, I wanted to do things slightly different than I was, but was scared to even approach any of that.
2: You definitely, like you would wear blazers. Which you even like in Colorado Springs, you said you didn't want to wear those because it felt too metro. Mm-hmm. But in Boise, you would wear them because you felt you could get away with it, right? And so there were things like that that were a little closer to how we wanted to dress and who we wanted I'd to forgotten be. Forgotten that, but I feel like that was the only one. Why was it okay in Boise, not in
0: common? Just had more of a city feel, which is probably funny to someone from an actual city, but. <laughs> <laughs> But you would, you would just... People would think you're gay in Colorado if you were wearing a... So That's Colorado Springs you is... thought. Yeah. They and I'm sure my perceptions up. were not... I thought I wouldn't wear V-neck tees. All I wear now. <laughs> but for some reason, in my weird way of thinking back then, I thought they looked gay. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> so maybe what you're saying, Matt, is you can't judge. No. That's not a clear indicator of whether they're gay or not. Right. I mean... <laughs> Again, I now, don't think it's a clear indicator either, no. <laughs> but I love but, that we joke about it. That these are things that are real to us that we, when you come together in this community in this space, where we get that yeah. there's things that to us are like not triggers but are like signals of oh maybe I don't want to I need to stay away from that. Yeah, this actually brings me to one of the things I put on here, which is boldly being ourselves, allowing each other.
0: Is that your third thing? Yeah, hmm. to
2: be ourselves. and that's Wait, what were the first two? Grace, honest communication. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 and so it, it is important. I think that's one of the things that has given us the opportunity to connect is that we try to let each other be ourselves, have our own beliefs, show up as ourselves, mm-hmm. and embrace that. Yeah,
0: I do have some things to say about grace. If we can circle back to that, go for it. Kind of all over the board here, but yeah,
2: it doesn't matter. We always you
0: just talked about the importance of giving each other grace, and I just know for me, like you gave me grace that I didn't even give myself, Jessica. Mm -hmm. Things that I thought were unforgivable that I had done, you forgave me for, and eventually I forgave myself for them, and that was huge in us moving forward. And I still am surprised looking back how quickly you were able to move past some of the things that allowed us to quickly get to a good place and to rebuild our relationship and so it's huge it's if if any of us is hanging on to some mistake that our that we ourselves or someone else has made it's just it's it just prevents progress from happening and do
3: you think you would have Will you say it in the mic? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you would have been able to give yourself that grace if she hadn't given it to you first?
0: Probably not. I was pretty hard on myself for mistakes that I had made and for hurting her. And I had been told that I'd ruined her life and that no matter what she did, she was not going to come out of this okay. And I, those words just echoed through my head. And it took years to unlearn some of those things. And... To believe them myself. Um, and I don't think it was until I started doing the podcast, which is, what, four years ago? So eight years after our divorce and after coming out, I think it took that long for me to really forgive myself and to let go of some of these things. And But Jessica modeled the way with that grace. And I've done some stupid things in this relationship since they've been married. But we and- haven't. <laughs> <laughs> my point was Matt has given me grace, too. Sometimes where I've just been like, oh, okay, they are married. And I'm the, I'm the ex husband. I should like give them a little space, or like mind my own business on this, or something. I but there's always grace required.
2: Give some
0: example. An example <laughs> of grace.
2: Do you want to go to our favorite example? I don't know
0: it's the one we always use, but it's
1: but it's, it's yours big because it's, it is.
2: It's a solid one. Yeah, of yeah. Of learning boundaries. I mean, we talked about boundaries today at the retreat. And this was us learning those boundaries. We don't, you don't do them perfectly. And this is where you do have to have that grace of like, oh man, for yourself and for the other person of like, yeah, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. And it was both of us. Jessica and I, just we
0: would do on our anniversary, we would still do breakfast together to celebrate, you know, yeah, we're not married anymore, but we're X number of years into each other's lives and we have a good relationship and a positive thing going. And so... Uh, but that had to change. Once they were married, I took Jessica on a date for our anniversary. <laughs> that was a little weird for yeah, me to find out. It's <laughs> weird.
2: And you were so nice about it. Yeah. And then we also corrected of like, yeah, that's not okay anymore. Like that's stupid. It's it's not respectful of Matt. Coming back to that mutual respect of and grace within that of like, yeah, we that's not okay and we won't do it again. That being said, there have been times Steve and I have gone to dinner together or done things together when Matt's not there. But I think that has taken time for that to feel more okay and very much of like ahead of time checking in with Matt of, hey, Steve and I are talking about doing this. Are you okay with that? And yeah. filling that out. And I feel like you've come to a place where you can be more honest about that as well, Matt, of yeah. saying, yeah, no, or yes, that's okay. Yeah. So that's one yeah. example of and, where we fudged those boundaries and realized we needed to backstep.
0: Yeah. Another one I can think of, we were all having dinner with, at your house, all of the kids there, and I made some stupid comment about, that was kind of offensive about the church. And Matt said, Steve, you need to understand how we feel about this, or I don't know what you said exactly. Well, but basically it what, how I feel about this. Like, yeah. yeah, it was a one-liner, basically letting you right. know, you didn't agree with me making light of this scenario and right. i very quickly got the message of like i'm in matt's and jessica's home and i know they don't share my views on this so why am i why am i vocalizing this in this setting in front of their kids in yeah. their home it, it was you and jessica's dad yeah talking going back and forth right. and, and it was we kind of like, look yeah all right <laughs> yeah. yeah but i again i i needed to be reminded there's a boundary there that i need to respect and matt you brought up the mutual respect and that's yeah a, You know, it only took once for me to be reminded of where that boundary was between our different belief systems and that we don't have to believe the same thing, but we have to respect how the other feels about it and and be be aware. And that's something
1: really important going back to communication is that it's okay to voice how you're feeling with if it's, you know, your ex in your home or it's okay to voice it, like voice what your feelings are as long as it feels like a safe place between all of you, right? And that's that's really what it comes down to is because I know Steve respects me and I respect Steve. And so there is that mutual understanding there. So that's why I felt comfortable, you know, stepping in and say, hey, look, mm-hmm. that kind of talk is not okay my home. So...
0: And think of the alternative. Keep your mouth shut, not say a word. I leave not even realizing the conversation I was having there. And I just let fester and or Or, or worse, you say, Steve's not coming to dinner here anymore. Right. That was bull crap. Your ex-husband's right. not coming here. Things would have changed. Right. Which but I don't open, want. Open, honest communication and grace and mutual respect, all of those prevented that from happening. Yep. So ties into a bunch of them there.
2: <laughs> so now we still get to have dinner together. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that was one of the other things I thought might be on Jessica's list as dinners that she cooks for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parties. keys parties
2: make it work <laughs> yeah the keys that make Birthday it work cakes. Yeah. feed yeah. people yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are some of the things and and i think these are perfect examples of all three of those of just embracing those key basic things and being willing to speak up um even sometimes when it's scary giving each other grace that mutual respect and uh, being yourself, like it's okay to have your own beliefs and all of that, and you can be respectful within that, even though we know we we all have different beliefs amongst each other
0: and i'm just just to I'm just thinking of other people in my life who I know we have different beliefs, but it's just kind of known that it's completely unacceptable for my beliefs to have any place in their life. And it puts up a wall between us and a barrier. and so just knowing how other people believe things differently well, and live differently and choosing and that, and not that to let a, that come between. That puts
1: you know. a burden on your guys' relationship. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, it's tough.
0: Well, people that I don't feel comfortable with, that I don't want to be around, because I know how they feel so strongly against the way I live my life and the way I believe.
2: I have one question before we open it up to other people's questions. Steve, you said that... Um, You know, when somebody told you that you had ruined my life and that you had, you know, whatever, all of that, you know, what was said. Are those... And you said the words always went through your head until Mm -hmm. we started the podcast. Do those words still go through your head? Or have Um, you been able to release it? No,
0: I've been able to release that.
2: Good. I'm glad.
0: I also know dang well, I don't have the power to ruin Jessica's life. (laughs) She's not going to let me do that. (laughs) She's going to ruin her. Try as I... (laughs)
2: If anybody's going to ruin my life, it's going to be me. Okay, <laughs> I will not give anybody else that power, yeah. and I've told you that. Like you, I'm not giving you the power to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. I refuse to do that. I refuse to give my power over to anybody.
0: I wonder when that flip switched for me, of me yeah. finally knowing and accepting, believing me. I couldn't. I couldn't ruin her if I tried. I think it depends. On most si- people. I, for I think that it matters. depends on
1: situations in your life. <laughs> like i think it's i don't think it's a, necessarily a, a switch that can flip
0: i think it depends on situations yeah you know i don't know your situations of where y'all come from or what you're facing but i hope that can be one thing you take away from this of i mean to me that's what jessica has to offer and that's what so many of you that i've gotten to know the little bits that we've interacted in this group is take that leave with with that flip switched that switch flipped <laughs> of <laughs> Of leaving here, knowing no one is going to ruin your life. No one has the power to do that,
2: except you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think any of you are going to do that. <laughs> okay, if you get <laughs> she's debating over there. Okay, I told the ladies we're going to try not to use their names, so no names <laughs> if possible. Um, That's good
0: because you can make up fake ones if you want. I don't want. remember any of them.
1: <laughs> I, rem- I remember. I remember. I remember.
0: You remember yes. what?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> just on the spot, he probably wouldn't remember, which no. is fine. I sorry, um, but if you have a question, speak it into Mike. We can take it off of the stand, and you can pass it around, or whatever you want to do. Do you have a question? Go ahead and grab that, and let's just
0: yes, Maribel.
2: Maribel, <laughs> I
4: like it. I'll keep it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica, and Maribel, it's all the same. um I think that exactly what was just talked about. First of all, Steve, I think what you just said to Jessica about how her forgiveness and grace toward you helped you in that moment, I think that's peeled a little bit of all of us because I think that's what we want all of our ex-husbands to be able to come back and say. So thank you for like saying that. Uh, I think that was helpful. But for me, my ex-husband's in the same situation where, you know, I ruined your life, I am the bad guy, and he can't really even speak to me. I'm um, still. Um, I am one of the only, like a couple of us in here who don't have kids. And one of the things that I would like your guys' perspective on, and all of you, Jessica and Matt as well, is we've talked before about how we would like to remain in each other's lives and that we would like to continue to be friends whenever he might be ready for that. I don't know when, but he's going through it. Um So without having kids, I know that your family's or what your daughter is, what keeps you guys in each other's lives in a huge way, that you didn't really have a choice to not be in each other's lives. So in my situation, in your perspective, if that were to be the case, like if your daughter was not in the picture, how would that have changed how you guys continued in your relationship? Like what you were going through would that have made you not want to necessarily like remain in that relationship? Matt, like on your end, you know, if they had chosen to still be friends, with boundaries, clearly, like not silly, (laughs) right? Like there has to be clearly defined boundaries. There's no disrespect toward a current partner, but just how would that have changed things for you? Would that have been something you would have hoped to stay or like, I don't know, just that's my thought for all of you. How would that have looked? Or is that even a fair ask of a future partner or an ex-husband?
0: It's funny you bring this up now because Jalen and I made a friend when we met someone in real life that I've chatted with as a You know, he found us through the podcast and we just became friends on Instagram. But he came to Boise Pride with us this past weekend and it was so fun spending time with him. And his scenario is that and they don't have kids and he's not in his ex's life anymore. And it just got me thinking about what would this be for us if we didn't have Penny as like an absolute hard fast. We have to stay in each other's life and we have to make this work. And I don't know the answer to that. I would hope we would still enjoy each other. I don't think there would have been the urgency and the requirement, so to speak, of us like absolutely finding a way to do that. But I definitely think it can be done even when there isn't a kid in the picture. I, Like you said, it's going to have to be on a time frame that works for both of you. If he is feeling the way you said he is, the way I was feeling and just blaming myself and feeling like I'd ruined life and... I would probably have shied away from that and needed space and just... I, I guess I I just think it, it might take you making it clear and showing that he does not need to carry that burden. That your life is not ruined. You're going to get to a good place whether you're there already or on your way there or that he doesn't need to carry those burdens that he continues to. And I don't know how you get that message across to him, but...
4: We've talked about it and he has.
0: Yeah. But that might... I don't know. I hope you guys can get there. I, I certainly don't think it requires a kid in the picture for that to be the case.
2: It's interesting because since you you brought this up to me earlier, I have thought about it. And, and I've actually thought about this before. Like, would Steve and I still be connected? And I think initially, yes, we probably would have kind of done the reverse of what your experience has been just because... I think Steve needed me at that time. And on some level, I needed Steve still, too, to kind of work through that. But I think we probably would have drifted apart. Because even now, there's times that I feel like, why haven't I seen Steve in a month? <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, where's Jalen? <laughs> but
1: but, that's, but we, that's why we yeah. felt that, though, is because Steve now has a partner uh-huh. that he can go to. And that's why we felt like there has been this drift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's nothing against Jalen.
0: No, we're it, happy. It is, it's his fault. I know.
1: <laughs> I understand, Steve. <laughs> but um, it, it's, I think in your situation, you're going to find probably more quickly than you think that you're going to start growing probably apart. And that's okay. But if,
0: I don't know, it, it'll change. People change. And, yeah. We have a need to stay close and to make it work. And that's a big motivator for us. If you guys are going to do that, it's going to come down to a want. If if you want to stay friends and if you want to have a relationship still.
2: I think it's possible. I think you could find whatever's going... I know you're going to find whatever's going to work for you. And you're going to find peace in that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It really depends on deep down what your why is right now Mm -hmm. at this point in time of your life. Like what is, what is your why and why, why do you want to do the things that you're doing specifically with this relationship? Yeah. Right. And that may be because he needs your support. That may be because you need his support. So.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and it may shift and it'll pivot in your feelings and his feelings. Like it's just so you never know.
1: Like right now, I have to grow together with Steve as well because of Penny because I'm married to to Jess, and so, um, yeah,
2: anybody have a question? Don't be shy. I am shy.
0: <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe in a certain circles, but not in this one.
3: So my question is kind of for Matt and Steve is sort of like at the beginning, is there a way you feel like just dealt with it or is there a way you would recommend dealing with that allows for you to sort of navigate that relationship better? So like as I go into my future, how do I navigate or how can I make it easier for my new partner to meet my old partner and facilitate them getting along for the sake of my daughter? And myself. And each of them.
1: And again, like you all know, every situation is going to be different. Every single one of you. We just happened to know each other before I even met her, right? With mountain biking. And one of the first times I went to church, I was able to borrow his pen. And I I never got it back. No, I think it was, (laughs) I think it said like Fairfield on it or something. (laughs) Um, But what I'm getting at is that the situation may be that They don't know each other from before, and if you want to facilitate that and that they are comfortable with that, let it naturally happen and not force it.
3: Mm -hmm. That'd be my advice. Nothing that you think would have made it easier
1: for you? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't thought about that, of what could have been easier for my relationship to progress with Steve. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Steve?
0: Um... Matt, you said let it happen organically. Let it be natural. I think for uh, the first lot of years of you guys, those great words I'm using here. <laughs> you guys. First
2: lot of years for you guys.
0: <laughs> for all them years. I think because I still felt some shame around where I'd come from and my influence and now your wife's life. And I think I would have shied away a little more. Jessica, you were kind of aggressive about Freaking, come over for Father's Day. Like we're doing this here. You're coming to this. No, we're having a pool party, and you and Jalen are coming. Kind of a thing. But for her, that was natural,
1: (laughs) right? Right. That was naturally brought by her. Mm -hmm. And yes, she always took my input of Are you comfortable with this? Mm -hmm.
3: There may be there may be some
1: yeah, but there may be some men that are not comfortable, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. They can get there.
3: But Hopefully. in your situation, you feel like Jessica facilitated you guys For sure. having a coming together.
0: I definitely do. And those yeah. scenarios that I may have felt a little bit of anxiety around, like coming into and feeling like, should I really be here? Like, am I, do I really have a place in this family like you and your parents yeah. and your kids? And-, and
1: now he naps on my couch during Christmas. It's like,
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Come up hours later, but, and he's still there, yeah
0: <laughs> and, but the answer is yes, I do fit in there, and yes, I have a place there, and yes, they want me there, and yes, I feel comfortable there, but it took me a while right to get past the anxiety that I felt leading up to it to show up to something that that facilitated us, so getting maybe closer you and- would
3: say that like Jessica encouraging your presence helped you be more present,
0: absolutely, okay, and I guess my first thought when you asked your question was. There will be times where one of the three of you or four of you, or however many are involved here, are going to think, is this awkward? Yes. One of you, <laughs> but one of you needs it to be. be the one that is just like, nah, this is our normal. This is awkward for others, maybe, but not for us. This is just, you know, there are a thousand scenarios we've been in that anyone else would have thought, really? The, these three are having this conversation together? That's got to be so awkward. And it's just not. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I definitely pushed Steve to be uncomfortable a lot of the time because I knew how much I could push him. Me too. And you, <laughs> both of these men I have pushed a lot to get uncomfortable and some of my on my own sometimes as well. I also know them very well and know their level of comfort and make it clear that listen, I'm not going to be offended if you don't come. Like I'm not if this doesn't feel right it's okay or if it you come and you decide that this was not a healthy situation for you that's okay too and so i think that through that again like just that communication about it of let's just try it come on let's tr- let's try it and see how it goes no. there's just been a lot of that and it's shifted over the years different things that we are comfortable with and different things that we aren't and and it's going along with those shifts anybody else you look like you've got one
0: go Alexandra.
4: (laughs) My accent will give me away. (laughs) Okay, this question is mostly towards Steve. Can you tell us here what um, your love for Jessica is like now, especially compared to what it used to be like when you were together? And then I have one little add-on question there.
1: He doesn't Um, love her at all, so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> You're welcome.
4: Uh, little side question: There mm-hmm. um, has Jalen now uh, replaced Jessica in your heart there, and or at least in some of the spaces.
0: He's way better than Jessica. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding.
4: I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> um okay so your first question i think our relationship has evolved into almost like a brother-sister relationship like like we've got each other's backs the way you would your sibling like we can talk to each other we can have fun together we can laugh we know the real sides of each other we talk about boys (laughs) um and we just it's just that solid that we know we're gonna have each other's back and that we're each other's people and all of that with very little ex- like very little obligation or expectation of what it has to look like in order to maintain that it just maintains itself obviously that's a very different love than what it was when we were married part of that too is for me part of that evolution of that love has been i i don't feel responsible for her well-being anymore not that i don't care about jessica's well-being and that i don't want to contribute to it but i just i know she's okay i don't need to carry the burden of her being okay like i did for so many years and that's allowed us to have a better relationship and to have a more authentic love for each other your second question Jalen is a one of a kind (laughs) (laughs) and he's the best fit for me that anyone ever has been and it's been so different than any relationship and so different than what I thought I needed in a relationship and very different. (laughs) It's just been super so natural and so easy and wonderful.
2: (laughs) I don't think one love replaces another. It just shifts and changes and you don't like replace somebody. I mean, it's been years since we've been married. And so even Steve's first boyfriend, the guy he had an affair with, never felt like a replacement to me because you can't replace me. (laughs) But it's true. Like nobody can replace you. It is different. And I know like at some point we were, somebody was joking about the fact of like when we've talked about our sex lives and the guys will put me on this spot or like Steve, I think specifically will put me on the spot of, but who is better? (laughs) 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 And there is really some truth in the fact that it is just very different. They are different loves. They are different interactions. It's, it's not comparable. And yes, like this is the right fit for Steve. Jalen is the right fit, just as Matt is the right fit for me. That doesn't diminish like how important I know I am to Steve and vice versa. And somehow we both found men that can love and appreciate that relationship as well, which is amazing.
0: We also both have entirely different sets of needs and interests and wants than we did when we were together. We were great for each other in so many ways back then for that chapter of our lives, but... I'm not who I was back then. I don't have the same needs that I did back then and whole different lineup.
2: <laughs> I think that's something to remember. You guys were the right fit for your partners at that time. All of you. And yes, that has shifted for most of you. And that's okay. It wasn't about you.
0: And I think that's a hard thing for someone to grasp who hasn't been through a scenario like any of ours where our marriage didn't end because it was a failure. It didn't end because we weren't right for each other because we, you know, we never should have gotten married. We were too young. We didn't, it it wasn't any of that. It was a good fit for a long time. And it's just, things change, you know, we were great for each other for a chapter.
2: And we're still great for each other, just in a totally different way. Yeah. (laughs) Any other questions you guys want to ask? Ask away. I have two questions. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. First
3: for Jalen. So I.
2: (laughs) Let's pass this mic.
3: Yes. Okay. I love all your dynamic. I think it's so great. And I have confidence in myself that I can find someone that wants what I want and will this. But what could Jessica do or what has she done that makes it easier for you to feel comfortable?
4: Hmm. I. Oh, hello. Also. Hi. Um. Jessica is just so uh, naturally herself and, like, warm and inviting. And I've never felt like a stranger whenever I'm around her or in her home. So I- I've felt like I've been so part of this family and her family. Like, her parents have also just been so welcoming to me. And so it just feels like an extension of my own home. So I I don't know. Just there's all the love, all, all the things that she is just make it easy to be with and around her. So. And part of this family,
2: and I genuinely hope Jalen, and I think you know this, but like that is all I ever want is for you to know you are welcome in our home anytime, and that you are a part of this family. Like I honestly worried that when Steve, there was a little part of me that, like in the back of my head, it was like, okay, when Steve does find a partner, will I be jealous of his relationship? Not necessarily with Steve. Like I'm not, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't jealous of that, but more like how he steps up for my daughter, how he shows up for my daughter and i'm so glad that there's none of that there's just appreciation for how this man takes care of penny <laughs> and that i know he's there to play with her and to laugh and they send each other silly reels on instagram and they he goes and plays basketball with her even though he's not a basketball player like just so many things he makes sure she has food <laughs> but it's just it's amazing and um Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I always, I do
4: feel it. I'm
2: glad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when you guys met?
2: On the way to uh, Lagoon? Yeah. There's (laughs) there's
0: another scenario where ex-husband coming with his new boyfriend to pick up daughter. There's a scenario that absolutely to most people would be like, awkward. (laughs) But again, within seconds, Jessica decided this is not going to be awkward. And she walked out so excited to meet Jalen. Threw her arms around him, asked questions, got to know him. I mean, do you remember this? Like, yeah, it was a very short interaction, but
4: I I remember that. But I also just remember going to ShipZoom Zoom the next week to work hmm. with Matt and Jessica and like pickpacking and
0: Oh yeah, you met well, Matt before I met, you met Jessica. Oh, yeah, I met I him forgot first. That. <laughs> I met <read> before Jess <laughs> did. So yeah, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, Matt met you first. <laughs> I brought you to work and. Here's
2: one of the things I want to mention about this situation too. Steve and Jalen were picking Penny up to go on a trip. They were leaving town to go to Lagoon for like the weekend. And that was the first time I had met Jalen. They had not been officially dating for very long. And people ask us all the time, like, at what point do you introduce somebody to the new partner? And it's usually because they're pissed at their ex for introducing their kids to the partner or they're wanting to introduce them sooner than they're comfortable with. And all I can say is that if you can put trust in your ex, they not all the time, but most of the time they're more careful with that. Like I know Steve really respected the fact that I trust him to do that when he felt it was right and and just opened that up. But you also talked to me. Like, you asked me if it was okay before you went. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Because I had trust in Steve. And I think that's also very much your own timeline. Nobody can tell you at what point it's good to introduce your kids to your partner. Nobody can tell you all those things. And Steve gave me that. I mean, I did that with Matt. I mean, we went to church together. So our kids kind of knew, were aware of each other and like aware of who these people were. But Penny met Matt. That was what we did the first time we really went out was met at the park with our kids. And so um, I think that there's a lot of... That's your own timeline. There's no right or wrong time. (laughs) And it can be really scary to have your kids introduced to a new partner. I get that. So... But it's yours. You get to navigate that. Question number two.
3: Okay. Um, I know it's a little different for my situation, but I just want... I second guess myself all the time about trusting again and, you know, just self sabotaging something that could be good because I don't trust myself now. So I was just wondering how you moved forward.
2: Matt <laughs> could probably speak to some of this too. <laughs> Can
0: I just ask for clarification? <laughs> trusting yourself, trusting your ex, trusting your ex around your kids, trusting what for specifically? Mostly <laughs> herself. Me, mostly. Yeah. Trusting your choice in. There we go. go. Everything? Ahead. Sorry, not trying to put words <laughs> in your mouth. That
3: they're not going to be gay next time too.
0: So trusting your choice in dating? Yeah. Okay.
2: I think it's interesting that this is such a common fear here. That you're going to marry like <laughs> Matt doesn't think it's interesting, but there's like a very
1: It's real.
2: It is it, a real fear. It's, it's very real. Yeah, because
1: our, our biggest enemies are ourselves more often than not. And putting yourself back out there is a scary, scary thing and you're equipping yourself right now with with the right army behind you with the right weapons and the more you can do that the better off you will be in trusting yourself again and it's extremely hard but my advice to you is you gotta try and sure there'll probably be some duds here and there (laughs) there'll be Um, lots of duds (laughs) but There will be a time where you're going to figure out, whoa, this is the right person for me right now.
2: Matt, when did you know I was the right person for you?
1: It was like four or five years into our marriage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That might be the most honest answer Matt has ever given. (laughs) The funny part about that is she actually talked about four or five years into your marriage just this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, but honestly, at what point did you decide you could marry me? Did I... I mean, it was honestly probably four or five years in that he decided we could stay married. But at like what point were you like, yes, I want to do this? <laughs> I'm thinking of so many yeah, things like, he's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: at what point was I totally comfortable like with saying, hey, I'm going to marry you?
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: it was... It was like 12 minutes after your first date.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's Steve's answer. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can pinpoint this. As...
3: When did you decide
2: to propose? We kind of decided we were getting married one night. Yeah. Just talking. We were going to go on a trip together. We say we might as well get married. Probably <laughs> make it married. May as well turn that trip
0: into a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. That's um,
2: exactly what happened. <laughs> but you told me Okay, so I, some of... Yeah,
1: what did I tell you?
2: <laughs> some of you have heard our story of Matt was dating another girl named Jessica for the nine The wrong months. Jessica. The wrong Jessica <laughs> for nine months after I met him. And I, for those nine months, showed up at the gym randomly, yep. stalked you at church, yep. communicated a ton yep. via social media... And every few months, I would drop in and say, hey, let me know when you break up with her because I think we'd have a lot of fun together. And Matt said, (laughs) I was bold. I knew what I wanted. And Matt said when he finally broke up with her, he's like, I couldn't get out of my head that we would have fun together. Right. He's like, I wanted... I just want fun. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have a fun relationship. And I think that's a sentiment that you guys have shared here is you want something that feels easier. And it will feel easier. And that's not going to be easy though. No, it's not going to be easy. We discussed that this morning too, like that it was easier in ways and also so hard.
1: I think that uh, I mean, honestly, the decision to like, I guess you asked me the question, right? Mm-hmm. The decision to even stay married happens every single day. The decision like it's it's a constant decision of moving forward. I mean, I don't I don't feel like there's a set day that oh i decided this um i just knew it could work out
2: yeah and you'll have that knowing in you is kind of what i'm getting at here you guys are doing the freaking work so that you are going to be as ready as you can be that you are going to trust your gut as much as you can you are building that trust by taking action by showing up here by doing the work and it's it's a big deal. These are the moments that are going to prepare you to be ready to trust your gut and not second guess yourself. And that's why I encourage you to be here. And that's why, I like, these programs exist. Yeah. Question.
4: On behalf of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Just kidding.
2: Um,
1: Susie. <laughs>
4: Uh, This question is for, the first one's for Jess and Steve. Can you talk about the process and what it looked like to shift from romantic love to brother-sister love? So how did that Mm. change over over time?
2: Well, it helped that Steve was no longer attracted to me after he had the affair, but it still took time to like figure out that was real and that it was a complete non-negotiable. We talked about non-negotiables here. And I felt for a long time that I shouldn't care. That shouldn't be so important to me that he's attracted to me, but it, it is. It was huge. And so once I could like let go of that, it felt like a much easier shift into, okay, I want somebody that's attracted to me and Steve is not. And so therefore this whole relationship dynamic has to shift were you still attracted to him? I was attracted to Steve, but for a while. I mean, there is still mourning of the relationship we had. It wasn't necessarily that I was even still attracted to him at, at that point when I accepted that fully, which was after we ended dating, probably this after divorce, when we dated again after divorce. I think it was like during that time that I realized there is no way that this relationship is ever going to be what it is and or what it was. And it wasn't what I wanted. And therefore, it was easier to let go of that, to say, I am not going to push this anymore. I can let go of this attraction. And you know what's crazy is once you, like for me, it was a light switch, like Steve's talked about. That was one of my light switch moments of going to the store, being divorced and realizing, guys, still check me out. Like there are men paying attention to me. And I was like, okay, I can, I, you've got this. And you guys, there are all men that check you out whether you are noticing or not. I'm sorry, but they are there. It's whether you choose to acknowledge it. And for me, that was a moment of like, I've still got this. I can do this again. And I don't, and it it shifted our relationship as I let that go. I mean, what about for you? How did that relationship shift?
0: I think there are, needed to be a separation of identifying needs for affection and sexual interaction and romantic connection separating out those needs from now an ex-partner like and I would say we, like- we were used to getting that from each other for yeah. so long and we still loved each other and that had been our way of expressing our love for each other but we kind of had to identify that those two things didn't need to be linked anymore or couldn't be linked anymore.
2: It couldn't be. Like, it just wasn't healthy. It wasn't going to work to
0: keep them linked.
1: Did you realize that when you guys, like, because you dated again after your divorce? Mm -hmm. And then going through that, was that the time you guys figured out, like, I'm really not attracted to this individual anymore?
0: There was one very specific instance for me. We were dating again. Was this this
2: the time I spent the night?
0: Probably. (laughs) We weren't having sex. We were not married anymore. And we were Mormon. We were choosing not to have sex. We didn't live together, but we were the most intimate we had been post divorce and it was just making out and i don't know what else but it was getting hot and heavy and you whispered in my ear steve we're going to make it and at the very moment that i in my head was just full of like anxiety and discomfort and was thinking to myself I'm we're not going to make it and it was it was a very devastating realization of this is gone this attraction, this connection, this what this used to be and what we're trying to get it to be again is not going to happen, at least for me. And that was a devastating realization because we were trying to make it happen. But
2: and I think in this to make this clear, I didn't know Steve was still seeing other people when we were dating. And when that came to light, I was like, okay, like, yes, this is not going to work. And I think it's at that point that we were both were like, this is why keep pushing this? Like there's no point. And at that point, it really did create that separation. There was a natural separation. Like, but you do have to have boundaries of setting that to be clear. These are not situations we should put ourselves in because they do create that desire to be together because we're comfortable. Like, but it's just a comfort thing at that point. It's not even necessarily that we wanted to be together. It was just. It's comfortable. It's been seven years. And
0: it had been our routine.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's easy to fall into those routines. And so keeping ourselves out of those situations for quite a while was a good thing. Now, we I mean, like, I can't even imagine a situation now that Steve and I would be in where there would be any, like, there's no desire there. Mm-hmm. None.
1: Yeah, there's often times that uh, he'll leave our home and she'll say to me, no, no offense to you, Steve, but she'll say to me, I'm I, excited for this. I can't, I can't believe I was married to that man. <laughs> <laughs> to that thing. <laughs> and it, but she says that because there was no attraction anymore physically to Steve.
2: And it's hard to imagine this, this point. Like in the beginning, it's hard to imagine you will never be like you can have or be in a spot where you're not attracted to each other. But it comes. Are you still attracted to your ex-wife? Sometimes. Are you?
0: Sure. She's a beautiful woman.
2: <laughs> there you go. But like, there isn't anything here. I feel
1: like that was a loaded question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's fine. Nah. <laughs> There's no jealousy there of that either, though. Like, even if Matt has moments of being attracted to Anne, like, that really doesn't bother me. Like... Because I know Matt I just, has no desire to be with her. That's yeah. not a thing.
1: Just women are all all it's women are. Women,
2: beautiful. yeah. It's, she's a female. <laughs> it's not like a personal thing to me. It's just different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last
4: question. This one is for Steve. What was the process of accepting that you were gay? When did you know? And can you talk about how you went from feeling guilty for the impact on Jess's life to embracing your new life?
2: That's a lot. start with... Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, do you want me to
4: read <laughs> <laughs> So, like...
0: To when, start with when did I know? When did
4: you know and when did you accept it? And then how were you able to get past that shame? Which I...
0: The furthest back that I can put a time stamp on was 11 and a half years old. When I remember feeling... Like, shoot, this is a problem for me. But I was not at all. I was totally in denial about what this problem really was and what it meant. And probably didn't even have the words for it when I was 11. But when did I accept it and become okay with it? It was well into our marriage and well beyond our divorce. When I started to become okay with it, it was well into our marriage.
2: I mean, a couple of years into our marriage, you could actually say the words to me. Mm-hmm. I'm gay. But, like, even after our marriage, you had a hard time, like really embracing I, it.
0: I didn't want to be gay. Even after I was out and after we were divorced, I did not like that this is where life had taken me. I did not like that this was the person I was. And so when, when could I actually get to the point that I was happy to be a gay man? Probably five, six years ago, which was like 10 years after all of this went down.
2: After it well, came that's out.
0: really bad math. <laughs> 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 a while <laughs> after. <laughs> it, uh, it took a long time it took to wear- cares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone asking the question, if you could take a pill today that would make it so you weren't gay anymore, I would have taken that pill well into years after our divorce. I I had accepted that's what I was, but it wasn't necessarily what I liked or wanted to be. But I I love it now. I wouldn't change anything. (laughs)
2: Yay. (laughs) Any other questions?
4: Just while we're on that subject. Steve, what did Jessica do for you while you were going through that, like, time of accepting yourself? And Jessica, what did you do to, like, protect yourself during that time? Mm-hmm. So you weren't showing up as his wife anymore, but as a partner, and, and just how okay. you guys navigated
0: that? Prime example. One of the first times I felt like I was making gay friends in Boise after moving back here. I was out to dinner with a relatively new bunch of friends that I was enjoying. And Jessica was like, I made a bunch of dessert, bring them all over for dessert after dinner. And I was just like, I don't know if I really want to bring all my new gay friends to my ex wife's (laughs) house for dessert. They're my friends. (laughs) But that's just a prime example of she made it known so clearly that she supported me and this was not a part of myself that I needed to hide from her and she was okay with it and okay with our daughter knowing it and seeing it and she got to know all my boyfriends and stayed friends with them even after we broke up which was not always my favorite either but I (laughs) think that's when
2: he stopped introducing me to his boyfriends
0: (laughs) (laughs) but parts of me that I wasn't comfortable sharing with her Jessica made it easy to share with her, like, which was clear that I had insecurities about who I was and what was natural for me, and she did not have those insecurities and made that known.
2: And you were wondering what I did to take care of myself, basically, in that. Uh, There was lots of time of, like we've talked about, of filling out what really was comfortable and uncomfortable. One of the things I realized very quickly is it's great to have a bunch of gay men in your corner when you're a single woman. Um they are cheerleaders, a lot of them. And when your friends don't want to go out, they're super fun to go out with. But that was comfortable for me. Some of us, like that might be very triggering to go out with other gay men because of our experience. But I also, I mean, I didn't I didn't hang out with them all the time. There were moments that it felt right and other moments where I knew I needed to protect my heart. Uh there were things that I knew I couldn't share with Steve anymore because it felt too much like it would have when we were married or it was too much to share at that point. I took a lot of time to run in the hills. I took a lot of time of knowing, like I would invite women over to my house after Penny went to bed and I knew their kids were in bed and they had partners at home who could take care of their kids to fight the loneliness. I baked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then invited people over to eat that food. Like There were just things that I filled my time with, but not overly filled. I made sure I was still aware of what I was feeling and processed that in a way that that worked for me. Uh, I think those were mainly the things that I did. And for me, like we've talked about too, one of my main values is love and boldness. Those two are, are two of my main ones. And I had to check in with those on a regular basis. Like, what am I doing right now? That's first of all, love for myself and then love for the people I cared about most. And Steve was still on that list. And so part of it was supporting Steve and being able to love himself and and doing those things. And so I think that that it actually filled my cup at that time. Um And again, like, I don't want to make it sound like we hung out a ton. We didn't hang out a ton in the beginning and we still don't, but more than most exes. Um, and so, I mean, it was like, Once a month, maybe, we would do something or see each other or sit and chat for an hour.
0: Usually, it ended up being when we were exchanging Penny. Yeah,
2: we'd end up It would turn into
0: sitting and talking for an hour in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah.
2: And you would fill that out. Like, fill it out when is the right time of feeling like, okay, I could sit and chat with Steve for an hour, and it feels good, not forced or too emotional or any of those things.
0: I do know you did have your boundaries, though. I can't Um, think of what the conversations were, but there, I know there were times when you said, I don't need to hear this. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, what details of mm-hmm. my life I was sharing, but I know I heard that more than once. And I just knew, okay, she doesn't want to know those details too soon, <laughs> too yeah. raw.
2: And there were times, again, like moments that is like, okay, tell me all the things. Mm-hmm. And other times that it was like, I don't need to hear this right now. And he was very respectful of that. And sometimes people aren't. And that's when you remove yourself from the situation of like, I mean it. Like, I can't hear this right now. I need to leave, or you need to leave, or whatever, and just make that clear. But there, know that. And sometimes you'll listen and then you'll be like, I should not have listened to that. And so, next time you can be aware. It's that hesitation, that resistance of yeah. like, Ooh, this is feeling a little
0: there, not okay. There's a balance between mm-hmm. being there for your person and taking care of yourself. Yeah. And the other person needs to recognize that too and <laughs> be aware of it.
2: Okay. Thanks for being here, guys. (laughs) Thank you. My friend, before you go, I wanted to let you know that if you are ready for a retreat, if you are like, man, I need to be in the room where other women get this, where they understand all the complexities that come with experiencing crisis in your relationship, whether that is having a partner come out or some form of betrayal, then please, please join us. You are invited to come to my next retreat happening in January here in Boise, Idaho. It is going to be a game changer. And I encourage you to head to the website to find the testimonials and find out more about how the retreat can impact your life. The link to... The retreat website is in the show notes. You can go find it there. And also I want you to know that right now you can get early bird pricing and this will only last until Sunday. I will not offer the retreat at this price again until, well, probably never. So if you are wanting in at the lowest price and with a payment plan option, then now is the time to act. Do this. If it is calling on your heart, Please go act. And I know it feels scary. I know that it feels like a large amount of money to commit to yourself, but that is why it is so magical. That is why it changes your life is because you take it so seriously. And the importance of it is like, it's just game changing. It is life changing, my friend. And I had several women this time who almost didn't come. They were like, at the last minute, I just am not going to do this. I shouldn't have put this money. They'd already paid and everything, but they were like, I just, I can't do this. And then they came and they were like, I am so glad I did. This has changed everything for me. In fact, in the last 24 hours, I have received messages from women who were at the retreat and they went to their therapist. Both of them had gone on the same day. So it's just kind of funny hearing from both of them on the same day saying that their therapist was just floored. One lady said that her therapist cried three times during their meeting because she was just so happy to see the shift and the change that happened in this individual. You guys, the therapist cried 3 times. Not the woman that was there, the therapist. It's just so cool. And the other lady said that her therapist commented that she had no idea how playful and fun she was because she had never seen that side of her until today, post retreat. Amazing. Like when I say this is life-changing, I mean it. These women have found friends for life. They have found connections They have found people that they're wanting to travel with, they're wanting to hang out with, they are calling on a regular basis in group text with because they're that connected. And I want to offer that for you. I want to be able to get you in the room where other people get it. So if you're ready, head to the show notes. Early bird pricing ends October 7th at midnight mountain time. So claim your ticket now. Again, is the time you can get a payment plan right now that won't be offered forever either. So Go do it. Take the action. I know it's scary, but that is where the magic happens is when we do those things that make us a little bit uncomfortable and feel a little bit scary. That's how we create change in our life. That's how we get the life we love. You're ready for this. I know you are. I can't wait to see your face. I can't wait to give you a hug. Steve and Matt will probably be there. They'll give you a hug. Maybe Jalen too, like he was this time. And we just want to be in your presence. And I want to be able to help you create those beautiful changes for yourself and for your life. Uh, Anything else? Not that I can think of. Yes, I just asked myself that. (laughs) Head to the show notes, get your spot in the retreat. I can't wait to see you there. If you have any questions, just email me, DM me on Instagram, and I can get those answered for you. Take care, my friend.